Good morning, and welcome back to the Running Waters Podcast. The date is November 29th, 2021, and this is episode two. I am Kevin, your host. Today we're going to talk about two very important things. One is who we are because of who Christ is. And before we get into that, we have to understand who Christ really is. There are so many people that believe he is like a genie. You ask for things and you expect him to receive to give the, to you those things without a thought of who God really is, of his righteousness, of his justify, justification, of his uh, of how perfect he is. And so many people are misled by TV's version of who Jesus Christ is and who uh, these false books are of who Jesus Christ is and just the world's idea of who he should be. So first thing I want to talk about is who is Christ really and that will lead into the second segment which will be who we are because of who Christ really is. I thank God that we have a Jesus, that we have a Savior who is not willing to succumb to our ideas of what we think he should be. I'm so thankful that he is true to himself no matter what because if he wasn't then he could not be our savior he could not be our king and we would have no hope beyond this life so before we start i want to go ahead and start this up with a prayer heavenly father i thank you so much that you saved my soul over 10 years ago that you gave me this eternal life lord that is not something that i'm going to have whenever i leave this mortal flesh behind but it's something that i already have and when i leave this life behind lord god is just going to be better than I ever can imagine that it could have. I thank you, Lord, that you have given me the desire to get into your word, to learn what you say, and to understand what your mind is and who you really are. And I pray, Lord God, that you'll use me today to help somebody out there in the world to understand who you are, to encourage them, to reach out to you, to trust you with their lives and with their souls, Lord God. If they've never been saved, to save their soul then after that to create in them a brand new creature somebody who is a glorifier of who you really are i thank you lord and i praise you and i pray all this in the name of jesus christ amen all right so i'm going to start in the book of acts today and i believe this is a good start about who jesus really is we need to understand this who is jesus for real So Acts chapter 17 is an amazing place to start. Acts chapter 17 and in verse 24 through 31. See if we can get a little bit of wisdom off the bat. Now, something you'll notice in this podcast is I will always, always, always use the Word of God to teach the Word of God. You can't learn anything about the actual mind of Christ unless you get into the mind of Christ. He gave us His Word for this purpose. I always read from the King James Bible. There will be no other uh, Bibles used in this podcast. I will never use any uh, books or anything that uses another version of the Bible. I will always use the King James Bible. So starting in Acts chapter 17 and verse 24, the Word of God says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life 
and breath and all things. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. That they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from us. For if we, for in him we live and move and have our being, as certain as, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, silver or stone graven by art and man's devices. And the times and this and the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead and that man being Jesus Christ so who is Jesus Christ according to verse 31 of Acts 17 he is the righteous judge he is the righteous judge, not a righteous judge, not some righteous judge, not someone that God appointed after Jesus Christ, but he is the judge of all of us. Look again at what it says in verse 31. Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. Thank God that we have a righteous judge. Thank God that we have this Jesus that we will stand before someday and we will be able to look at him knowing that he is the one who saved us from our sin, knowing that he is the one who gave us this eternal life, knowing that he is the one who gives us that assurance. As a born-again man of God, I am not going to stand before him and ask him and, and give excuse for the sins that I committed in my past. I'm going to stand before Him in the assurance that because of His blood, because of His death, because of His resurrection, I am a born-again child of the living God, heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That is who I am. So when I stand before Him for His judgment in that day, I will be judged not for my sin that I have committed, but for the works that I did after the salvation that He has given to me. And that righteousness that Christ has imputed into me will show forth. And the love, no matter how, high, how much or how little of that love that I've shown during my life since I've been saved a little over 10 years or until the day that I finally get to go home to be with my Savior, His righteous judgment will show how much I loved Him. And I'll be rewarded accordingly. Not that I believe I should be rewarded. That's just what the Bible says. But that's for a future podcast. So number one, he is the righteous judge. Number two, he is the justifier. Without Christ, we cannot be justified. There is no redemption. There is no eternal life. There is no hope beyond this life without Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Know that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. We cannot work our way into heaven. 
You cannot do enough good deeds. You cannot uh, give enough to the poor. You cannot preach enough. You cannot go out and, and tell people about God and Jesus enough. You can't do all the right things that this world expects us to do enough to get into heaven. If you, from this day until your death, even if you live for another thousand years, never sinned again, and all you did was live your life to help others, to encourage others, to do what you can for every single person in your life, if you never kept a penny of your money and gave it all to the poor, to the homeless, to help the needy, you would not be able to work enough good deeds to get yourself into heaven. That's why we need a justifier. And who is that justifier? It is the same person that is the righteous judge. It's, it's Jesus Christ. Galatians, again, chapter 3, this time in verse 24, it says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster. And what was he our schoolmaster to do? To bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. So how do you get justified? How do you come before the throne of God knowing that you have that eternal life? You have to have faith in that Jesus Christ. You have to have faith in the works that He did on the cross. You have to have faith in that He did die for our sins. Not that He was killed. Not that He was taken. Not that His life was brought out of Him by any means. But He gave Himself to death. And then three days and three nights later, He raised Himself from the grave. He did not need anybody to help Him do that. He was raised from the grave by Jesus, by Himself. He was raised by God, His own power. So we have, He is a righteous judge, number one. Number two, He is a justifier. Number three, He is perfect. There is only one perfect person that has ever lived from the beginning of mankind till now and ever will live until the his end, ending of the history of mankind, and that is Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, the Word of God says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. See, Jesus Christ, He spent some time being tempted. And unlike most of us, unlike probably any of us, He wasn't tempted. Uh, we were, we're not tempted by the devil. We're tempted by our own flesh. We're tempted by our own desires. We're tempted by our own lust. There might be an evil spirit or two walking around, kind of whispering at us or something like that. But for the most part, we are our own worst enemy. We choose to sin against God because it's what we want to do in that moment. We may regret it afterwards. We may ask forgiveness afterwards. And I hope that if you sin, that you do keep that short account with Christ, as the Word of God tells us to do. But Jesus was in the wilderness and he was hungry, and he was thirsty. And the devil himself, Satan, Lucifer, came to him and tempted him in three different ways. He was tempted in all points like as we are. What was he tempted with? Richness, rich riches, with fame, with the world, with bread, I mean, with food. All things that we want Every day, all the things that we choose to, to choose over Christ, over our salvation, over our Savior, He was tempted by all those same things. And yet, without sin. So, uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. 
So Christ was offered to bear the sins of many. He was offered. He offered himself. So Christ was offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. One day Christ is going to come back. And when he does, all who are in Christ, all those who have died in Christ will be called up to, this, to, to him. And then we who are alive and remain will meet them in the sky, meet them in the clouds. When Jesus comes back and that trump sounds, we're out of here. All of us who have been born again, all of those who have trusted in that perfect salvation, that perfect lamb who died for us, that perfect lamb who went to the slaughter for us. So that's, he is our righteous judge, number one. Number two, he is our justifier. Number three, he is perfect and the only perfect that has ever existed. And number four, he is merciful. Jesus Christ is merciful. Now I thank God that he has instilled in so many people his mercy. He has made it possible for me, for you, and for anybody who wants to be merciful to be able to be merciful. But how often do we fail in that mercy? Or how often do we uh, fake mercy? How often do we fake forgiveness and still hold a grudge towards those people who have wronged us in our lives, towards those people who have hurt us, towards those people who have who have made mistakes against us, who have sinned against us in this life. But Jesus and His mercy is perfect. His forgiveness is perfect. He is, he is so forgiving that He forgets the sins that we have committed against Him. But let's see what it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. It says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We get to come boldly to the throne of Jesus Christ who died for our sins. We get to come boldly to Him who even though we have received Him as our Lord and Savior and trusted Him as the Christ, we have sinned against Him. And then yet we still get to go boldly before the throne of grace and we get to know that He will have His mercy upon each and every one of us. That He will be merciful to us. That He will forgive us again and again and again. Thank God for who He is. And this is not an exhaustive list. This is just four things of many things that Jesus Christ is. But it just gets us, gets our hearts and our minds ready for who we are because of Christ. We cannot be who we are without these things and without all the other things that Jesus Christ is. And I hope that you'll get into the Word of God and that you'll seek out who who Christ is beyond these four things. But let's go over these again. Righteous judge, number one. Number two, justifier. Perfect, number three. And number four, he is merciful. Ephesians chapter two, verses one through seven says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also... We all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus." that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us 
through Christ Jesus. Now, real quick, as I said in the first episode, my number one goal will always be to lead those who are still dead in trespasses and sin to the glory and the the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. So real quick, Romans 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. Along with this, we need to understand that we have an appointment with God. In order to make it to that appointment, one day we have to die. We, we have to die someday. All have, will die someday. Every single person, barring uh, those who are born again and get taken up into rapture, Lord willing, it'll be me. Lord willing, it'll be you if you're born again already. But barring the, the rapture, we will all die someday. We have that appointment. And the appointment is set up for no other reason but to be judged by the only perfect, non-sinning man that has ever lived. That man, Jesus Christ. But there's a second part to that verse I quoted you. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now when you arrive at this appointment, you have, you have you've, you've not trusted that this same Christ that died on your cross, died on the cross for your sins, and that He rose again on the third day, having defeated death, hell, and sin for you, you will be judged by your works, and you will be found wanting. If you die without receiving and trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to be judged according to your sin, and you're going to die and go, and you're going to go to hell. You're going to go to that second death. But if you have but if you've asked Jesus to save your soul from hell and your sin, trusting that He died and rose again, the appointment will have you entering into the greatest and most wonderful place you will ever know. And that's the presence of Jesus Christ. The Word of God says, says Paul said in the Word of God, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So my prayer today, my friends, is that you will trust Jesus Christ. And it's very simple to trust Jesus Christ. It's so simple. Literally. All that you have to do, Word of God says in Romans 10, verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever will call on Jesus Christ and ask Him to save us from your sins, save you from your sins, trusting that He died on a cross and rose again on the third day, you will be saved. You will be saved. So, that being said, let's get into who we are, who I am, who you are if you've been saved, who you can be if you're not yet saved. Because of who Jesus Christ is. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. The Bible says, For we are His workmanship. It's an amazing thing to know that Christ is, is working on me. That He's working on you. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Before ordained. God knew, Christ knew, that He had things that He wanted us to do. He gave us gifts. He gave us abilities. He gave us uh, ways of doing things that other people, ways that other people don't do them, and things that other people can't do. He preordained us to good works after salvation. See, before we were saved, before I got saved, no matter what I did to help other people, no matter how much good I did, none of that mattered. It didn't count towards anything in heaven because I had not yet trusted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But the moment I fell on my knees and I called out to God and asked Him to save my soul from hell and my sin, 
He began to work on me, to encourage me, to strengthen me, to bolden me, to go out and do the things that He wants me to do. To He He sent me to a good church that I could learn the Word of God. And then after that church, he now He has sent me to another church here in Deland that's, that is teaching me the Word of God. And pastor and the men and the women of that church are helping me to grow in the Lord and to grow in faith and to grow in, in boldness and to grow in the good works that Christ is working in me. And I thank God that I am His workmanship. Number two. Number two, turn over to Galatians chapter three, verse twenty-six. And I hope, I hope that you'll follow along with me in this, in, in, in these scriptures. I hope that you won't trust that I am, I am giving you what the Word of God says. I want you to, to dig deep into these verses with me. I want you to open up your Word, your Bible. I know some of you'll be in your car, some of you will be at work, some of you won't. Uh, being a place where you can open up the Word of God, but if you're at home or you're someplace where you can open up your Bible, I hope and I pray that you'll get into it, that you won't just trust me, that you'll get into the Word and, and see that I, that I am giving you the Word of God and not my opinion and not my uh, interpretation of the Bible. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says, this is amazing. You just don't even know. For ye are all the children of God, by faith in Christ Jesus. You know what? My parents here are wonderful, amazing people. There's, I, I can't complain about who my mom and my dad are. They raised me. They kept me fed. They kept the roof over my head. They made sure I went to school. They whooped me when I'd done wrong. They loved me. They encouraged me when I did right. And I'm so thankful for my mom and dad. But but my parents are far from perfect. And not because of anything that they've done, but because they're human, just like I'm human and just like you're human. And there is no human that is really even close to perfection outside of the grace of Jesus Christ. And even then, it's not our perfection or our righteousness. It's, it's Christ's perfection. It's His righteousness that, that lives inside of us through the Holy Ghost. But, I am a child of God. That means I am a son of the very one who created everything. I am a son of the very one who, who created the dust of the earth that I am formed from. I just can't get over how amazing it is that this God, all-powerful, mighty, strong, perfect in every way, knows my name. He knows who I am. He, he says in the Word of God that the hairs on my head are numbered. I have a personal relationship with my Savior, with my God. And when I stand before Him in that judgment that I spoke about in the beginning of this, I'm not going to introduce myself because He's already going to know who I am. When I bow before Him, before His throne in the days of my judgment, I'm not going to say, Hi Lord, I'm Kevin and this is my portfolio. He's going to say, Kevin, Nice to finally meet you in person, face to face. 
spirit to spirit, man to God. Lord, it's going to be a great day. I am so excited about that. Thank God, though, we are no longer just servants, but now we are the sons of God. And we are kept by God just as a good father keeps his children. And he's always with us. Hebrews 13, verse 15 says, Let your conversation be without covetous, without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Christ is always with us. God is always with us. As soon as you are born again, you have his power, his might, his wisdom, his strength, his, his knowledge right there available to us. It's amazing. All that you have to do is just fellowship with Him. And how do you do that? You fellowship in prayer. You fellowship in reading the Word of God. You fellowship with Him by fellowshipping with other people who have trusted Him as Lord and Savior. How amazing is God that He gives us that gift of His fellowship along with all the other things. He could just save us and let us go. He could just save us and say, you know what, now you're on your own. He could just save us and say, you know, deal with this lot, this world as, as you see fit, the best you can without no help from me. He could do that. He's God. He can do whatever He wants. And He would be completely righteous and just in doing that. But He chose to have a fellowship with me, as rotten as I am. John chapter 14 and verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The greatest father you could ever know is yours if you're born again. Thank God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So, number three of who we are because of who Christ is. We are a new creature. We are a new creation. The old thing that we used to be. We used to be sinners. We used to be unrighteous. We used to be unholy. We used to be uh, on our way to hell, dead and dying in our sin. We used to be those people who would curse God, who relished in our sin, who, who would love God. Everything but Christ, everything but God, everything but His Word. But behold, all things are become new. I'm not going to say that from day one of my salvation that I got into the Word of God and I decided that I'm going to live for Him every single second of every day. I didn't even really know what I was supposed to do after I got saved. But as you do with any new friend, I began to fellowship with Him. I, I I started going to church, to the church where the man who led me to the Lord uh, went. And in that church, I learned who Christ was a little bit better every day. And I learned what Christ expected from me in this life now that I belonged with Him and to Him. And now that He belonged to me. And that new creature inside of me began to grow and to uh, develop just like a, a baby does. Whenever I was born again, I was reborn. I was a babe in Christ. And I was drinking the milk of the word. And now, thank God, he has, he has helped me to grow and I'm getting into the meat. Into the sustenance of meat. 
1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9-13 through 13 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor covetous, nor thieves, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. These are the things that lost people can be titled as. This is the old things that have passed away. We trusted in money to make life better. We trusted in family, in spouses, in children, in jobs, in rulers of this world to make our lives what we want them to be. We were our own God or we made other things and other people of this world our God, our God. But all these people and all these things are just as we are in this world. It's, it, they're all a vapor. The grass of the field ready to be burnt. Today it's green, tomorrow it's dead, and it gets thrown into the furnace. Their time and our time in this world is here today and done tomorrow. But look at the next part of this verse. Here we see the, this beautiful metamorphosis happening right before our eyes. That list, and then this, and such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Thank you, Lord, for sanctifying me. Thank you, Lord, for justifying me. Thank you, Lord, for creating in me a brand new creature. And I'm not complete yet, but every day with Christ makes me better than I was yesterday. And tomorrow I'll be better than today, I hope, as long as I keep my eyes, my heart, and my mind on Christ and serving Him and glorifying Him and having that fellowship with my Father in Heaven. Number four. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? No. I'm taking these classes at church. It's a Deland of of uh, Bible School of Deland at Bible Baptist Church in Deland, Florida. And this semester, we're just finishing it up tomorrow. Um, it's talking about New Testament church doctrines and practices. And one of the things that first got covered in this semester for uh, the classes that I'm taking is what the church is. Who the church is. And the church is three things. It is uh, the church all across the world. Every single person that has been born again, they are the church of Jesus Christ. That's me, that's you, and anybody else who has trusted the Lord as their Savior. And the church is the building. We, we have church buildings. And then we have the local churches. This tells me, this verse, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, says we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the church. And this is proof of that fact. I am the church of God because I have the Holy Ghost living inside of me. Temple converts over to church for the New Testament church. I'm not a Jew. I'm born again. I'm Christian. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. This is the strengthening of the new creature. I'm thankful that it's Christ that saves us, and it's Christ that makes us new creatures, but there are some things that are 
up to us. Not to get saved because we're already saved. There's work to be done now. And in these temples, we get to do that work. Just like any building, there has to be a strong foundation. The roof has to be built right so that it will keep the rain from getting in. The walls have to be able to uh, hold up the ceiling. And it has to be put together with the right kind of beams. And all of the things require hard work and maintenance in our lives. Like any church, any building, any body, anything that is created, it takes work, it takes uh, perseverance, it takes doing things to keep it, to make it stronger, to keep it strong, to keep it going on. And we're no different. In our spiritual life, it requires us to get into the Word of God, to pray, to fellowship, to, to study, to show ourselves approved unto God. It takes work to do those things. And because we're saved, God gives us the ability to do that work and to grow and to stay strong as temples of God. So thank God for that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Like I said, prayer. It's important that we pray. It's important that we ask for the help that we need from Christ. And not only that, but it's also important that we praise God and thank Him in prayer for that. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, very simple verse, very easy verse. Pray without ceasing. Now, does this mean that while I'm awake, I need to be praying all day long, nonstop, just continually praying and praying and praying. That's that's not what he's saying here. He's saying, uh, pray for for in in all things, pray. Trust that uh, he's saying basically, keep in fellowship with Christ. You know, we live in a world. T- it's crazy. We live in a world today. We have the social media. You have Facebook. You've got Twitter. You've got. Um, all these different social media apps that you can get onto. And there's some people that have every single app downloaded into their phones, their computers, their tablets, their laptops, and their life revolves around these social media apps. And 12, 15, 24 hours a day, they're, they're doing nothing but fellowshipping with the world, fellowshipping with each other. But they're leaving out the main ingredient that they need for their life. They're not fellowshipping with Christ. All day long, we're on our phones texting and calling and Facebooking and Twittering and and all these things that we do to, one, to hide the fact that we're so lonely, even though we have all this stuff, and two, just to keep our minds and our hearts away from the important things in life, to keep our hearts and our minds busy so we don't have to think about problems or the things that we need to do on a day-to-day or weekly or lifelong basis. But when you say pray without ceasing, and you're talking about talking to Christ, fellowshipping with Him all day, every day, people just, they can't seem to grasp that idea. That at any given moment, you can just, you can start talking to God, and He will hear you. And in some form or fashion, He'll he'll speak back to you. Now, I'm not one of those people who thinks God is speaking to me ever that I know of in an actual voice. There's been times that He's given me revelations about uh, 
things that happen in my life and about things that he wants me to do that it almost seemed like he was talking to me uh, that plainly, but that's just how he is sometimes. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I mean, come on, it's, it's a really close relationship. But he talks to us. He gives us his word. He gives us his spirit to give us information. He gives us his wisdom and his strength. He gives us his knowledge. And if we're continually fellowshipping with him, then we'll know what's best for our lives because he will tell us what's best for our lives. And I thank God that he does that for us. So what else happened? What happens in the temple? Uh, we got prayer. That happens in the temple. Also, sacrifice happens in the temple. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. So what do we sacrifice in this temple of, of the Holy Ghost? What do we, what do we sacrifice, sacrifice in ourselves? Physically, literally saying no to things like drugs and alcohol and all those things that we did in the body that took our eyes and our hearts off of the one that created us, off of Jesus Christ. Mentally, Putting away from our minds all filthiness of fornication, adultery, lust, selfishness that takes our eyes off the hope of Christ to overcome this world. See, we're given the victory. As soon as we are born again, we're given victory over all sin. The fact that we still sin is a choice that we make. It's not because God lacks in His power. It's not because God lacks in His strength. But it's because we choose our sin over God. We have been given the victory now. So mentally, we put off these things. Emotionally, we have to let go of things. Emotionally, pride. Pride is, a, is, is, is what caused the devil to turn against God. Do you really want to be associated with the same sin that Satan himself is? So we got to let go of pride. We got to let go of unforgiveness. We got to let go of unrighteous anger. And yes, we have to let go of guilt for the sins that we've committed in the past and that God has already forgiven us for. I'm not saying that we need to not feel guilty if we sin again, but for the sins that Christ has already forgiven us for, we need to let that stuff go. Sometimes I'll be sitting and studying or I'll be thinking or I'll be meditating or I'll be praying even and and these thoughts come into my mind about things that I've done in the past that Christ has forgiven me for. And, and I have to remind myself that those things are gone. That they're under the blood. That Christ has removed that sin far from me as the east is from the west. And I have to let that stuff go permanently and forever. And then I have to continue to work to not sin again. I'm going to try to finish this up. I'm trying not to go over 45 minutes for these messages. So... Uh, Lord willing, I'll finish this up and get all this information out. So emotionally, that's, that's physically, mentally, and emotionally. Spiritually, daily, dying to ourselves, trusting that God and God alone is the answer for all of these things to happen. That God and God alone is the answer for all things. He has been the answer since Genesis 1-1, and He is the answer to, the, to eternity. He is that answer. 
Now here's some good news. Getting rid of all this stuff will leave a lot of space in the temple for the things that Christ wants us to have. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, fellowship with Christ, with the brethren, and true friendship. Not that fake, false friendship, but true friendship with Christ and with the brethren. All this is under the cover of the power of God, keeping us safe from the storms, from the winds, from the trials and the temptations that must surely come into each and every one of our lives. And even though all this will happen, we, we need never fear because Jesus Christ is the strength of all the temples of God, which we are. A few verses that I want to say real quick and then we're going to uh, cut it off for the day. Romans 8.1 Beautiful verse. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Romans 8.37 Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. We are more than conquerors in this world. There's... Amazing truths in these verses, and I just I can only hope and pray that I did um, that I did right by these verses, by the scriptures, and I pray that I encouraged you, and I pray that I helped you today. I do want to mention a couple items. The church that I go to, Bible Baptist Church, is in Deland, Florida. JamesWKnox.org. Very good preaching. Every single service is put up on YouTube, jameswknox.org. I ask you to please go to this, and if you have any questions about anything, I'm, there, there is probably a sermon on it from my pastor, and uh, you'll be blessed if you'll go to that and you'll be encouraged. I think that'll cover it for the day. Uh, let's, let's pray, and then... Uh, Lord willing, I'll see you again on Wednesday morning for another episode from the Running Waters podcast. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all that you have shown us today. I thank you so much for giving us your word, for giving us your fellowship, for giving us your mind so that we can know who you are. Because without knowing who you are, we can't know who we are because of you. We can't know who we are and what we can be because of you. Lord, I pray with all of my heart that if there's anybody that's listening to this podcast that has not received you as their Lord and Savior, does not, has not trusted that you died on the cross for their sins personally, that you rose from the grave and you, you defeated hell for them, that you defeated death for them, Lord. I pray that you'll be with them, that you'll that your Holy Spirit will draw them to you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that you'll just uh, strengthen them and embolden them to call out to you. And that you'll let them, uh, well, as soon as the moment they decide in their minds, their hearts, to call out to you for salvation, that even before they finish reaching out to you, that you will have their souls saved from their sin and from hell. Today, Lord, I just thank you for saving my soul and bringing me to a place, to a church that teaches your word, rightly dividing the word. 
I thank you, Lord, just for being so good to me and so being so good to all of us. In Jesus' name, I thank you and I praise you and I pray. Amen. All right, we got about 50 seconds left, so I do want to say this. My email is runningwaters41 at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, uh, complaints, or suggestions, this is new to me. I have never done a podcast before uh, these two that I've just done. Send me an email. Uh, I'm not afraid to be told I'm wrong. If you think I'm wrong, prove it with the Word of God is all I ask. I'm not afraid to be encouraged and told I'm right. I'm not afraid of anything that you can say or do, and I'm not afraid of questions. That being said, I pray that you'll have a wonderful and blessed day. God bless, and see you next time.